Listener Production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath. Hello, Brooke. Fabulous to be back with you. We've got some pretty amazing guests here um, to chat about same-sex parenting. Yeah, fantastic. Welcome to Tush and Nat. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for coming in. Is it Nat East and Natasha Hardy? That's the one. Yeah. Natasha Hardy. Should I know that name? Essendon footballer. She's a bomber. <laughs> She's a bomber player. And um, Natalie is the wag. <laughs> Lifelong dream. First female wag. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Don't forget to look over your shoulder now when you're having your photo taken. Always. Yeah. It's up to the nines. Perfecting the selfie. <laughs> your family have got a lot of titles, actually. Kath, I read on your Instagram that um, Nat and Tasha's little baby girl, Macy, that she is the first baby in Australia to have same-sex parents recorded as married on her birth certificate. That's well done, girls. It's, it's amazing, amazing, isn't it? So it ended up being some great timing for us, I think, that came down to in the end. Did yeah. the act pass and you just run straight to the altar or straight well, to the... I'd actually contacted the um, birth, deaths and marriages for her birth certificate. Hadn't come through and I was getting a little frustrated, to be honest, and I called back up and they said, oh, one of the ladies that was looking after our case, I guess you call it, said that um, she wanted to hold off knowing that the law was about to pass as it, the vote had already passed and the law was coming up to and she held on to it for a few days and she said, once it passes, we don't know what to do with it because this is the wow. first one. Yep. And, you know, I was actually a little bit embarrassed that I'd co- called up to complain oh, about oh, it. Oh, wow. And Tush. she was doing such a nice thing so that, um, yeah, it could be written on her birth certificate that we were actually legally married, which is, oh. you know, it's a small few words, but it's, they mean quite a lot to us. So no, it's, it's just fantastic. And, and Macy, how old's Macy now? She's about to turn six months. And crawling. Yeah, ah, good girl, I, and a bomber supporter. I need, I need to. <laughs> I keep saying that. I need to make sense though. So, did, were you, you married beforehand, or yes, yes. Yeah. So we got married um, three years ago, three and a half years ago, in the British consulate. So Nat's English, and we were able to do that on Collins Street. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so we were lucky enough to automatically be married once that law was passed. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you had Macy and then the, the birth certificate, you're waiting on the birth certificate, the act. Yep. Oh, I'm right. I'm on, I'm on. You've got I'm, it? I'm aligned. Yep. You've Sorry got about it. that. <laughs> I'm a bit slower. That's okay. That's so good. So, um, you know, it's just weird that we have to do a podcast about it, but I think, you know, why not? It's, it's, it's great that you have Macy. It's great that you can have Macy. I have a niece and her partner have a little girl and I celebrate that. And uh, it's just wonderful that, you know, as families, we, we can have same sex families that um, can have children and as part of our extended family and, um, you know, it's just amazing. So, you know, tell me your story. How did you meet? We we met at work. <laughs> Back, um, we've just we've oh, just celebrated. Scandal. I know. <laughs> Tash was actually my boss. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, that didn't last for very long. No, we we made the decision that it was either I continued working there or we ended the relationship. That's how good the the working relationship right. was at the point. So, um, no, we met ten years ago. We just celebrated our ten year anniversary last week. Nice. Um, yeah, it's been. Uh, 
sunshine since. <laughs> and what, um, uh, was it a natural progression to have a child and, you know, was it uh, a big decision? As I think it, we just sort of evolved to get there in a way. Like we'd been together about seven years before we knew that we were extremely solid and, and that's the, the progression we wanted to take to that after our fur babies. We've yes. got two of those as well. Um, we've just got, you know, progressed along to attempt to try and have a baby, which did end up taking about two and a half years before we got Macy. So, mm. you know, she's she's a good little egg that we got in the end. Mm. I am. Um, I'm really curious about this because, you know, the reality um, is obviously having to consider to have children is a big thing no matter who you are. But there are a couple of other steps involved when you're a same-sex couple to having children. You know, where do you begin? What do you do? What does it involve? How complex is it? What are the challenges? Yeah, and I think that it's it's something, until you've experienced it, obviously you don't know where to start and that's where we were, yeah, what, two, two and a half years ago. Um, we've got a lot of friends now that are starting to think about starting families as well and they have lots of questions because they don't know what the information is. Um, but as Tash said, it took us about two and a half years to, to get Macy, but a lot of that was administration leading up to actually trying to conceive. Mm. Um, but the, the information is out there and there are so many different fertility clinics in Victoria that are really, really helpful towards same-sex families. Mm. Um, and the process, you know, besides the actual conception, I think the process was was a lot easier than I thought it ever would be. Mm. I, th I think it's really important as well that... Um you know, there are multiple different ways about going down the path for same-sex couples. We chose the, the IVF path, um, having a, an unknown donor. That was something that we had to discuss between us, making sure that we were both comfortable with that decision. And we've there's many, many families where they decide that they would like to know the donor and that they want the donor in part of the child's life as well. So, you know, that was definitely mm. our first decision that we had to come to as to our particular reasons why we didn't want the donor known to us. And I think um, that sort of, you know, worked very well for us and, and how we plan on integrating Macy to meet her donor one day, um, which may never happen if she doesn't want to. And it may happen as soon as she turns 16, she has that potential to um, get in contact with that person. So it makes us really comfortable to know that there's an option there for her. So what the option is for Macy to have that contact and for the donor to have the contact too or you when when you're searching for a donor you you have a number of different options and on their their donor profile it will detail whether they are open to contact um whether they're unsure or no they don't ever want contact but the laws the laws in Australia now are that any donor-conceived child can legally access that information once they're of a mature age, whether that's 16 or 18. Um, and we can access those details as well. So that that's stored down at births, deaths and marriages. So we don't have access to that now, but eventually we could. Um, and for us, that was a non-negotiable, that we, mm. we looked for a donor that would be willing to, if Macy ever decides that she would like to meet that person, that, that he would be willing to meet her. Mm. Um, and that was detailed on, on his profile. So that was one of the deciding factors for us. What? What is it on a profile? When you're looking for a donor, what are we, is it, is it like height? Is it, is it yeah, what your interests are? Is it you, like what, what are we looking at? It's everything. Is so it? uh, the page is, it's about a 13 page document. <gasps> wow. It's straight from, right from what they, no photos, but right from what they look like, eye colour, hair colour, height, 
down into their interests, down into their education, their languages spoken. Um, it the even medical go- background? Medi- complete medical background. Oh, it yeah. even goes into like a... Um, it gives the opportunity for the donor to write a letter to subsequent oh. ch- children. Um, you know, we read some hilarious letters. Some oh. letters made us cry. <gasps> so, um, you know, and it just gives a little bit of information that we, we have that still. And, you know, once Macy starts to become, um, you know, curious or does want to know a little bit of information, that's somewhere we can start yeah. with giving that letter about. And and that that information and the way you tell her will just be normal. Yeah, yeah, that will normalise, and that's just her story. Yeah, well, yep. she she will grow up knowing, knowing that, that she has a donor. Right. Exactly, um, it's yeah. it's not something that we we have to break to her no. when she's you it's know, just fifteen, going to be, and it's going to be a big surprise. No, she, that's just integrated into her life. Exactly, and and it's not like in the forties or the twenties when it, when children were adopted and mm-hmm. and you know they found out down the track that they were adopted or, you know, their their auntie was in fact their mother or something mm. like that. You know, oh, you it, hear those stories, Kath, it's just heartbreaking. It's shocking. Oh, shocking. She, Sorry. I know she will just, uh, you know, I've, I've had experience with, with this and, and it will be fantastic and the way, you you know, you deal with it will be amazing. So, so um, was football part of it? <laughs> was he a footballer? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they are a, they're a basketballer, right? So if you think of someone like Scott Pendlebury, they've got great skill transitions. <laughs> Scotty Scott Pendlebury was a basketballer, so we'll make sure we <laughs> fantastic. Do that. oh, that's, Can, that's fun. I'm actually curious. What's the pool like? I've got two um, girlfriends in New Zealand, and they were looking for a donor in New Zealand, but the amount of donors was like incredibly small. And so, I mean, they've dealt with that, but. Is it the same in Australia or are they just like, can you go like shopping? When when we first started the IVF process, um, part of part of that two and a half years was about a, a five-month wait, I think. Um, th- there was a, a shortage of donors in Australia at that point because um, clinics could only access Australian-based donors. There were no international donors to choose from. That's recently changed. So now any anybody who wants to access a donor there's no wait list because they're they're bringing donors in from overseas, um, so the pool is a lot bigger than than what it used to be. But we were really surprised when we started looking through profiles the yeah the the, the different types of people that that made donations and the quality of the people as well like because mm. because there is no incentive in Australia to make a donation like financialists. There's, there's yes. no financial yep. incentive. Um, we found like, that one of the questions is why are you donating? Um, and yeah, we found that it was always for, for really good reasons that there was, you know, as I said, it's not financial, but there's something motivating these men to, to, go and, to go and help somebody, whether they've had a personal experience with infertility or they, they know somebody who has struggled to conceive, that's the reason they're donating. Mm. And um, did it take long? To look through the, the the donors, was it like an afternoon or was yeah, there? Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd get an email, you know, one afternoon, and we'd both race home. We'd promise we'd never look at them individually, we'd always look at them together so we could get our gauges yes. on it all. I mean, we had we're both blonde hair, blue eyes, so mm. that was you know sort of a given that we wanted to have relatively the same. Um, and then yeah, someone that um, you know may. I like the idea of a sporty person that wanted some some education. There's lots of little things that whether they actually mm. come through, you know, nurture or nature sort of scenario. But, yeah, mainly just those little things that we were interested in um, making sure we had in a donor. And uh, once, we, once we did decide that they were um, 
the ones that we we wanted. It was a really scary process, I guess. Like that was that was our chosen one, and away we went. So we turned away a few to start with, not not in any negative aspect, but just not exactly mm. what we we're after. So, and I, I guess the good thing about a, a donor conceived child is you can you can pick and choose exactly what you want, and mm. I guess people that. Or heterosexual couples, when when they have a baby together, there's certain things about your partner that you wouldn't nece- necessarily want in a child, and whether that's, that's hilarious. Well, like medical history, like if if there's yeah. something oh, yeah. in medical history that you wish you could weed out, I, I guess when you've got a donor conceived child, you have the ability to do that. Mm. So, you know, you you can tick every single box, and and we were we were particular with the person that we chose, and and very happy. Mm. What's the next step once you get a donor? Yeah, well, I guess for a same-sex couple, it's a little bit different. Um, you do what's called an IUI, which is um, where, with no uncertain terms, they squirt it in rather than place an IVF process, uh, like the egg into the the sperm into the egg, um, and then it's sort of like just a wait and see. It's slightly medicated, so it's not as intrusive as an IVF uh, course or anything like that. Um, so we had to have two of those and they were completely unsu- unsubsidized by Medicare because we can't be considered to be trying to have children and be um, infertile. So if, if a straight couple went to an IVF clinic and said they'd been trying for 12 months, they're eligible for a rebate from Medicare, whereas we need to be shown that we're, or that I was infertile at that particular, not infertile, sorry, trouble conceiving. So we had the two IUIs and they both failed, hence I was then eligible for IVF with some Medicare rebate. So it gets a little complicated. Mm. Just all the red tape, the legalities. The IUIs could have worked and they do for some people as well, but um, as it turned out, I had quite severe endometriosis and a blocked tube as well. So sort of things were sort of in halves down there, but um, yeah, fertility specialists worked wonders for us. And, and Did you need to have um, some surgery? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I had a surgery and a DNC. Yeah. Um, and I think we had a cycle straight after my surgery, which was unsuccessful. And then I had a month off for Christmas and then we went back in the next one and Completely to our surprise. We just thought that it was our thing now. We just, every month we just go in and do IVF and with no expectations on this particular month. And, you know, I relaxed a little bit. We went on a 3K hike up a mountain in 30 degree heat and, you know, I had a beer afterwards. (laughs) Little things like this that are all just no-nos and heaven's... There we go. She she stuck and no, exactly. Went from there. It's it, th- that's exactly what we we're just talking about, wasn't it? Sure. Was. Mm-hmm. Does um uh, do do you mm, how do I put this? Do, do you get a volume of semen? Yeah, yeah. So you get. I think it's three. Uh, Shots, cylinders, vials, vials, shots. We don't really work in a scientific <laughs> area of this, but yeah. So three. One three of my vials. one of my gay friends said, "How many liters do I need?" I'm like we don't talk liters. <laughs> we don't talk liters. But but the good thing about doing it through a um the the clinic that we chose Melbourne IVF for no yep. particular reason other than it's where we were closely sure. uh, located to. Um, we have those those vials to, to continue to try if we weren't successful. I think it's um, you have 10 goes which to, to try and make a baby out of it. In a vial? In a vial, yeah. Okay. And But now because we have conceived with her, we have unlimited to go back to try and make a sibling that would be of complete blood. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so. That's great. Was your one, the third or fourth try? 
Fourth try. Fourth try. Yep. You got Macy. Yeah, fourth IV. So two IUIs and then and four fourth, IVF. Yeah. And beer and hiking and that's it. Not <laughs> not not caring, not thinking about it was that's the how it only works. way it works. That's how it us. works. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does like the I, I wouldn't wish the IVF process on anybody and yeah. you know, we we went into this being even being told that, that Tash was a, a young, very healthy female and it, it won't take long. And when it does, as Tash said, it just it just started to become our life. And yeah. it was like it was our new hobby. Like, what do you do on the weekend? Well, we do IVF. Buy yeah. pregnancy tests and yeah. have 17 of them in a week. And it was and Tash was so strict on everything she did. She ate everything right. She was exercising the right amount, just doing absolutely everything that she mm. was told to do, and it just didn't work. Yeah. And then the one time she relaxes, it yeah. works. And we, we went into that cycle just, no, oh, this won't work. Couldn't, yeah. Look, we, we've just we, we've just spoken about this, haven't we, Brooke? We, with Dr Sue Hiscock. In, in a previous episode, we talked mm-hmm. about the, the stresses of, um, of IVF and pre-pregnancy planning and stuff. Kath, wasn't it? And, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you and, and Sue were talking about, mm-hmm. which was the stress on couples and relationships and the expectation? Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stressful just in general. It's financially stressful. Mm. It's emotionally stressful. Like relationship, it's, it's just... Yeah, you're yeah, just riding the, the highs and lows of it. And it, it is like a roller coaster of emotion. Mm. When you when you start a cycle, you're just filled with hope that this is going to yeah. work and then and it doesn't work. And it's a, bu- it's work, a downer, then, isn't it? Because that roller coaster is steep. It's like a pin in the balloon. Yeah. It's like the balloon, you, your expectations are so high and then all of a sudden you get a call that that it's not it's not taken and it's just like pin and then all of a sudden it's nothing. Yeah. yeah, you have to then wait. It's waiting the whole time and it's 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 demoralising for women. It really it's, is. It's and it doesn't matter really if you're same sex or no. a, a, a heterosexual couple. It's it's really hard for women and couples. And anyway, I think it's I hard. Think, and I think also you've got your fam- like your family are invested with you as well. And of course, we love their support and everything like that. But having them know and having yep. them asking, "How'd you go? How'd you go? How'd yeah. you go?" And you have to tell no, ten people in the right. family, your brother, sister, that it didn't work yeah. is just a killer. Yeah. And so this particular time that we did the cycle, we didn't tell a soul. We <laughs> That's did, interesting. Yes. Just to just you to just maintain. did it yourself. Yeah, we just had to do yeah. a different type of cycle yeah. as well because we, we, I needed to be in Tasmania for my niece's um, christening. So we didn't, I had to do a slightly different cycle, which changed my cycle to enable yeah. a, an embryo to go in. I left half my medication at home as well. So we're calling Melbourne IVF who are transporting medication to Tassie IVF and we're t- lying to my mum about why I have to go to the chemist to pick up some medication and <laughs> why I've got medication in the fridge and all these why things. Why you're injecting. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. all these things like that that, um, yeah. We just kept it hidden and then... Macy I mean, was meant to be. She was. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Typical, the, the one cycle that we lied to everybody about, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Every other one we were very honest about. Yeah. And yeah, this was the one. How do you, um, mm. in those stressful moments, how do you pick each other up? Was it just like sitting on the ground, we're both disappointed, let's just start this roller coaster again, or did you give each other little pep talks? So how does that work? Well, I I'm think sure you've, got to, you've got to really understand each other's strengths as well. Like Nat's a very logical strong person as well like I'm physically strong like you give me a football or something and I'll run through someone but you know emotionally that would hit me really hard and and she was uh, pardon the pun but a pillar of strength around Mm. me and you know I don't know she may have gone off and cried her eyes out as well afterwards but you know we'd have our moments and uh, you know be upset for a day and go and do something and go and sit at the football and drink beers till we 
you know, mm. had to wander home or something like that, something just to get our minds off it and do something mm. together. And, um, yeah, so that was a great strength for me, especially mm. especially towards those last couple of goes. Mm. Good on it's really, yeah, <laughs> good for you. And I, I think that you, you don't, like in, in the IVF process, you don't have a choice but to to keep going with it. And have hope. Yeah, and, and because it is so quick, like you, you get a negative and then you get your period the next day and that cycle day one, you it's go over. again. Yep, and yep, then it's off, you're yep. back on the upward spiral to, to hope, mm. you know. So there's just, yeah, as I said, it's a roller coaster, but you just have to pick yourself up. And, and what is hard and what is extremely hard on couples and is that, years and cycles upon cycles. It's just relentless, isn't it? I mean, in the end, we, we were actually lucky. Yes. Like, we, we only had two egg collections and you hear of people and they've just years. gone through years Tash, of it. Years mm. and cycles. It's just also the drugs that really does things, you know, makes you uncomfortable and it makes you a little bit sort of... Edgy. Edgy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I put on a bit of weight as yeah. well while trying to... To, to um, conceive as well. So all little things were making me feel bad about my body and mm. then, yeah, lots of things like that started to but the, accumulate. But you don't lose sight of what you're doing it for, do you? You know, the, the, the will to have a child is very strong, yeah. you know, that you want to have your family and, you know, um, and I know when you start again to have a, a sibling for Macy, that, that will and that drive will start again. You'll probably have... A beer and a hike. Yeah. <laughs> First cycle, won't you? <laughs> I think so. I don't think we'll change You're the not process tell anyone. in any way, shape, or form. Or go to Tasmania. <laughs> Once you, you know, found out you were pregnant, you know, what, what went through your mind, you know, that... I didn't it, believe it, Nat. She came she, out... That's always positive, Nat. She, you, <laughs> I got home one night and I said, go and get... We weren't going to test at all. And I, she, I said, go and get a test. So Nat mm. was like, you don't even have to... Um, twist her arm. She was out the front I door. I loved a pregnancy yes. test. <laughs> I was just pulling them off the shelf at the, the supermarket. So it was a nighttime one too and t- potentially the, the test can not show up. It's better at morning, morning oh. wee. And um, so I went and did this test and I just left it in the bathroom and went back and sat on the couch and then Nat came out with tears in her eyes oh. and said, there's a positive and I said, you're joking. And she said, that's a really awful joke if it was one. <laughs> I was just telling a lie. As if you joke about that, that's a pretty, she's, she's got some bad jokes, but that's yeah, not yeah, a... Exactly. <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. Oh. But I think once, even when that line was there, you still just don't believe it. Mm. And I think that I'll, I'll always remember that day as one mm. of the happiest days of my life. Mm. And, you know, I, I guess you think that once you get that line... Stress stops. We're, we're, we're pregnant. That's no. just the start of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, just the start. Oh, dear. Is it weird that I've still got my pregnancy test? Oh, <laughs> you do not. I do. Wow. Oh. 25 years. Oh. Does it still have a line on it? Yeah. Nice. Sorry, Locke. It. Sorry, Locke. Oh, I know. Moving anyway. forward. Moving forward. Moving forward. What about reactions when you start telling people? Yeah, I think I think it's a like our family. Um, our both of our mums knew that we were we were trying to to get pregnant. Um, so they didn't know about that particular cycle, but both of them very overjoyed. Yes. Um, we didn't tell our siblings at all. So Did they know you were trying? No. Right. No. Yeah. So the first they had heard of it was when we told them that Tash was pregnant, um, which was really exciting. Happy? Um, yeah, yeah, happy. yeah, really I mean, happy. I think the best um, reaction, which sort of comes down the same sex line a little bit more specifically is that um, our niece, Nat's sister's 
daughter is was eleven, a ten and a half at the time, and they came over for a barbecue, and we were going to tell everybody, and uh, we told Nat's sister, and she got up and started crying, and you know, <laughs> and tears are flowing, and so the ten year old comes to the back door. And she stood there and she's like, why is everyone crying, mum? <laughs> and she goes, uh, Nat and Tasha are going to have a baby. And Eva looked at us as, and just said, how? <laughs> God love her. Bless her. Bless yes, her. Yep. She just stood there completely ghosted yep. and said, She's how? working it out. Her, her mind was like, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. And, and her mum, you know, took her a, a little Back, bit later. Okay, and, darling, now come here. Yeah. <laughs> Mum's got a few things to teach exactly, you. Yeah. Exactly. I know that she's ten and a half, but there'd be a lot of adults ten out there and that half. have no idea yeah. either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, have I, you had I questions told... like that? How many people have asked you? I think what's going on. I, I think there's some people that once they get to know us and know that we're pretty open about the whole scenario, that they will ask us how it happened, and then and we'd prefer that they did that rather than uh, have their questions in the back of their mind or you know did, did Tash just go out one night and have an accident or you oh, know, wow. things like, like lots of little things that are probably running through people's heads. Do and, people say no. weird things to you? I, I just think there's there's a, a lack of understanding or yeah. or not understanding education. Mm. Um, it is something that is new to a lot of people, um, so people naturally you know, are inquisitive and they have questions and mm. um, some people will ask their questions and other people will just make assumptions. So We just yeah. haven't had the dialogue before, have we? We really haven't been having those conversations. Personally, I, I wouldn't ask. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm just happy that people are having babies. I yeah. think it's, I think it's marvellous. <laughs> yeah. uh, really, I just, I would never ask anyone whether it's even patients that come in. I just wouldn't ask if they're IVF or not. I just don't yep. think it's my business. I think our biggest que- uh, question that we do get from people is um, who's the father? Mm. And I think um, fathers are very... Um, Meaning who's the donor or... Yes. Right. So who, and, and that's where we'll always pull them up rather quickly and say that Macy doesn't have a father, she has a donor. Mm. She has two mothers and mm. a donor and... Um, you know, that, that's the way that we'll continue to educate people on our particular situation and how we wish to be, uh, you know... Uh, and that's where we haven't had the conversation in the community. Yeah. Have we? And other it, other, it other is... people might be slightly different and they don't... They, they want it to be called a father mm. or they want it to be called a dad and that's completely up to them, but just for our... Yeah. Our family, that's the how we would like The same with single parenting. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's exactly the same. Where's the father? Exactly. You know? It's interesting, though, that, like, just um, there's the donor and then there's the father. Is it because association with father is that you actually have a role? A relationship. A, a relationship. I think you have a relationship role with a father. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're involved in the, per- the person's life and that's well, the way we see it. Anyway. Or do you have to have a man to be the father? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, some people come up to Nat and say, how's it going being a dad? And that's like, nope, I'm God, a mum. You're a wag, sister. I Come know, on. I know. What, what do they mean thinking? by that? Do you know, and I, can I, you again, believe that? I think, it, I think it just comes down to lack of education. And, and when Tash was pregnant, I, I distinctly remember telling um, someone in our family that Tash was pregnant and they said, oh, are you excited about being a dad? <laughs> and I, I just wasn't prepared for the question and I never thought it would be something that would you know, impact me at all. You were, and I was taken back and I, I just immediately said, I'm, I'm not going to be a dad, I'm going to be a mum. Yes. And, you know, they cycled backwards a little bit and for, I came away from that conversation thinking like they, they don't, didn't mean any malice by that. that. That's just they don't understand. They don't, they don't know what they, to say. They've never had exposure to... No, they don't know what to say. ...a same-sex say. family. They just... And 
majority of us have been brought up in a heterosexual household and yeah. you associate the parenting roles as a mum and a dad. Yeah. Um, so then I, I, I got asked that question again once Macy was born. Just an, an acquaintance came up to me and said, how's it going, dad? Bizarre. And I was I was more prepared for the question then and I just understand that it's it's something that you just have to educate people on. That I find that quite bizarre. Macy seriously. has two mums. She does not have a mum and a dad. And look, as Tash said, everybody's situation's different. We know uh, a same sex couple who one of them does associate uh, does call herself dad. Right. So I mean, everybody's different mm. and yeah, it was our decision to both be mums. Yeah. But uh, you're right, a lot of people haven't been uh, we haven't had the dialogue. We haven't had the dialogue. It hasn't been it's in just, their face, or you know, had family members, had had children, um, and yeah, it's it's crazy that people call you father, dad. I, I find that bizarre. Anyway, yeah, and it's only it's only happened a couple of it's, times. It's, 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 it's from it's, a good place. I it agree is, with it you. It is. They it's, it's absolutely not, mean no malice no, at all. It just no. they just don't have the education. You're really mature. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wag. Just saying. Wag. Yeah. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she's immature. <laughs> what about um, what about things like, uh, you know, when you have babies and then everyone's like, you've got to book them into school and you've got to all those things. Does it, it doesn't, it's just the same as any old person booking their kids into school or, or does it impact? Like- yeah, we discuss things like that. And um, I, like I've, I haven't come across in my lifetime really of any um anybody being negative towards my sexuality so I don't feel the need to change my way of living change you know Macy's and send her to an an area that may be a bit more affluent in same-sex couples yeah it would be nice maybe if that um by the time she does go to school there is that same you know mixed families different types of family single mums single dads two dads whatever it is um you know, it would be nice, but it's definitely not something that we're going to I don't think it change the I way we go. I don't, don't think it matters no. and I don't think it has an effect on the child. Yeah, It's who you are at home and how you parent her and you're going to be fabulous mums and and who she is. Aww. No, you are. <laughs> and it's and, and, and who you are to her and what she's going to be is, is you know, a product of, of you as parents. Yeah. Not not what your school community is. And you know? I th- we're pretty strong personalities and, you know, yeah. pretty tough emotionally so you know yeah. if, if the questions come or if you know the the sniggering comes we're going to confront that as best we can and you know continue to try and educate people exactly and you know there's something that I've gone on for a long time and that's not just around single parenting or gay parenting or whatever is that you they have to learn the words and you teach them from a, a young age what to say. So they're not caught on the hop and they're like, they don't know what to say. You teach them early that, you know, yeah, I have two mums and I love them. Mm. So they learn what to say, you know, or yeah, my mum is single. It's great, you know, and I have a dad and I love him too. You know, whatever the words are, they, they're not they're not in a situation where they're going, I don't know what to say. Well, they I, they I think, like know what to say. I think by the time Macy reaches school age, You're right. no God, brainer. We'll, no we brainer. will have come a long way. Yeah. And, and just even, you know, Australia achieving marriage equality this this year? Mm. Um, last year? Last year? Last year. Last year. I, don't know. I think we'd know that. 
like that that in itself will do do massive things for you know the kids at school and mm. just a couple of weeks ago we were at a function and we um, one of our friends brought her niece along who her name's Haley she's five or six years old and we were standing around in a group Tash wasn't there and Macy was there and Haley said oh whose baby is this or who's Macy's mum mm. and I said I'm Macy's mum. And immediately she said, oh, so Macy has two mums mm. and just has that understanding as a yeah. five or six-year-old. Yep. Um, so I, I think that the schoolyard has come a long way. I agree Education for kids has come yep. a long way. So by the time that Macy reaches school age, this is not even going to be yeah. thank God. a conversation that has to be had, yeah, I don't thank think. goodness. So how, um, how did you work out what football club she was going to support? Well, this I is am a long process. Oh, yeah, it's I like am, a religion. Yeah, I am an avid Collingwood supporter. Sitting between two bomber fans here, between yeah. Kath and uh, yeah, Tash. It's tough, right? Um, but Anzac Day is the worst day of the year in our household, guaranteed. It is because the blessed because it's day. The, it's the big, the big game. Well, not everyone follows AFL. I'm just going to uh, say Anzac, that. Anzac Day is Collingwood, uh, Collingwood, Essendon. I've yeah. nearly been thrown off the, the tier. Tier two of uh, the MCG a few times. Well, that's not <laughs> actually true. I would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Threatened. Threatened. Yeah. yeah, we just we we uh, we probably need to watch that game separately. But we always, for years now, we've had the agreement that um, the year that our child is born, whoever wins Anzac Day, that's the team the child will go for. Thank God the Bombers won last year. Yeah, Collingwood, the Collingwood have, won. have won for I can't even I don't even know how many years. And then Essendon pull off this win last year. Typical. Massive. So it was Macy like the beer and the, an the hike. supporter. Yeah. <laughs> Unexpected. Yeah. Macy Macy was a Bombers supporter in utero. She had yeah. a membership from about three months in. So baby bomber, yep. fantastic. But one one of the best gifts that we we got when Tash was pregnant, one of our friends um, got a Collingwood and Essendon jumper and got them cut in half, <laughs> and has had them sewed sewn together. So Brilliant. she has a, a Collingwood and a, bombers a, jumper, which she can wear in Essendon. Essendonwood. Yeah. Essendonwood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just we'll just wait until she's old enough and smart enough to make the right decision. <laughs> Knowing so. I, our luck, she'll probably go for the Tigers or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what about having another child? Have you thought about that down the track? Yeah, and, most yeah. definitely. I mean, we look back now at photos of Macy when she was born and I'm automatically like, okay, I'll go to the clinic tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Just so so cute and clucky and, and then she doesn't sleep all night and I'm like, yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> um, but we we have two embryos remaining in our okay. in the freezer, so we definitely will be trying with those. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little bit older in the IVF stakes, I guess. How old are you now? I'm 34. Sure. So um, I'll be playing a season of football and then we'll reconsider after that. And then um, once, if seeing how those two embryos go, yeah. um, potentially go in for one more egg collection. And then yeah. if that doesn't work, I think Macy may just be a little and that's okay. only child. Yeah, and that's fine. What was meant to be is meant to be. That's so. right. And was it always uh, the decision that you were going to be the the, um, the biological, biological mum? Yes. Yeah. I think right from the start I'd always had a, more maternal um, feelings than that. Um, there was a stage there when we were, when I was struggling to conceive that I told Nat she had to step up. God, I was nervous. <laughs> 
that. Talk about an I ultimatum. Think, no, the wag, that, the wag nearly went left. You went ooh, left the, yeah, that last cycle, I I distinctly remember having the conversation at home. Tash was like, we just had a failed cycle. Tash was very upset, mm. and she said, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I, I said, just try one more time, please. <laughs> just try one more time. I and not because I didn't want to carry a baby, but I I wanted Tash to exhaust every option because mm. she really wanted to carry a baby, and I didn't want her to to regret not doing everything she possibly could. So thankfully that one worked. <laughs> and did you not want to? No, I just, um, I, I, I definitely would, um, but it's not something that I've all, like, I've ever had a real desire to mm. do. Um, I, I really enjoy my work and mm. um, very career focused. Mm. So, and seeing Tash pregnant, there are certain things that I, like I did think, oh, that, that would be nice to experience. But then there are other things that I'm like, God, I'm glad it's you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we always have Brooke this. Brooke feels the same, don't you? Yeah, it's not that I don't want children. Yeah. It's just that I've never wanted them where I've got, you know, family members and, you know, who've just always wanted to have families. It's different. Mm. Mm. And we, we have a little bit of a joke that, as I said before, that Nat was, you know, my pillar of strength and <laughs> she believes to this day and it's probably true that she looks after me better than I look after her. So <laughs> she didn't believe it. Look, if I, if I get a cold... You know, I'm not allowed to complain and Tash just tells me to harden up. So I just, I, I can't even imagine if I was pregnant and feeling a little bit sooky. Whereas um, well, I, think I was there to rub situation. her feet yeah. and just make her feel better. Oh, those Whereas poor feet. She would just, those poor feet. You saw how big I they did, get, didn't I did, those poor feet. Oh. What was wrong with the feet? They were so swollen. I've got, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you think of midwives that Kath's seen how many thousands of babies mm. born and when she came in to see me when I was 41 weeks um, yeah. in the hospital ready to go and uh, she walks in and goes, Ooh, oh. and to know that she's seen that many swollen feet and that mine deserved it. Ooh, no, they, they. I still think they, they were probably the worst little feet I've seen. They were really, really swollen. You yeah. needed to have her. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I was carrying a bit of foot yeah, by then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, in terms of other words of wisdom to other same-sex couples who are thinking about getting or beginning that journey, anything that you you know you'd particularly give them any tips. I suppose, like. Um, on a, on a serious note, I guess, is just making sure that your relationship is really solid because yeah. if it is going to be a tough road, it just, it, it's, it is tough, especially, and this goes for straight couples as well, going down the IVF cycle and things like that, but making sure your relationship's really rock solid and you prepare for the best and the worst. Mm. Um, and, but other than that, like, you know, if you're two loving people, you're going to love a little baby tenfold of what you can ever imagine and mm. it's worth every single second of the effort you put in mm. in the end. Well, I'm super proud of you girls. You're just amazing and um, you're doing a wonderful job with Macy. I'm super proud that you've got, uh, she's got you guys as uh, married Married, stamped yeah, married. <laughs> <laughs> on her um, on her birth certificate, and same sex stamped next to that. Um, super proud that you're a bombers lady. Oh, cut it out! <laughs> we <laughs> can talk oh. about this all day. <laughs> we Kat, can. Nat. And oh, thanks so much, Wag. Oh. I mean, Nat, for, for guys for coming in and uh, and talking today. It's been really good, and I hope uh, you know it's the, the listeners have have really enjoyed it too because. 
it's, you know, you don't go up and, and ask these questions to, to women and same-sex couples. So it's been, um, it's been really great having a talk. And I hope some young women who are in a same-sex relationship um, listen to this or maybe uh, encourage to listen to this and um, can have some uh, insight into a relationship and, and having a baby and aren't scared to, you know, think about having a baby down the track because every woman deserves to have a baby in their arms somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, girls. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. ladies. Thanks, Thanks Rookie. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. Listener.